You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 399, Unlocking Your Spiritual Gifts. You know, the, the, the whole study and discussion of spiritual gifts in the church uh, really stirs up some controversy, especially if we want to talk about tongues or, or prophecy or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. People get angry. I mean, I read blogs. I, I follow people on social media that just are so opposed to the idea of, of, of operating in the realm of the Spirit and using spiritual gifts. And, and, you know, there's a whole segment of the church that, that lives in this theological position called cessationalism, where they believe that God really, in a very real sense, stopped working as he worked in the days of, of Acts of the Apostles and during the New Testament. The reality is that's just not true, and there's no evidence that that's happened, but I'm not trying to convince anybody, and if, if you're of that camp, then feel free to turn it off and move on to the next podcast in your queue. That's cool. But but if you're interested, if this is something that, that, that you want to become more adept in and you want to become uh, have the ability to function in the Holy Spirit and use these gifts, I think it's very, very important um, to, to listen and to look, look, look and see how we can unlock these gifts. I'm going to be referring to uh, one of my resource highlights um, is a guy named Sam Storms who wrote a book called the Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. I'll talk more about that in a minute, but listen to what he says. He said, whether spiritual gifts are for today or not it, it is not some secondary tangential issue that exists only for theologians to debate. It directly touches the very mission of the church and how she lives out her calling how we speak to the world, the way we encounter the enemy, the expectations with which we minister to the broken and wounded and despairing are bound up in how we answer the following questions. Shall we or shall we not be the church of the Bible? Shall we or shall we not build the church with the tools God has provided? Now, you know, that's a fascinating question. Is is God still the God of the Bible? Because you see that these gifts were given not to give you the tingles and not just to be used in church. They were given to, to really help us fulfill the Great Commission. In fact, I would argue that you see pretty much every gift um, used in the life and ministry of Jesus and then also the apostles after him. And so so it's important that we have this discussion. And I just want to throw a couple of verses out there. First of all, 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Paul says, 
Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some translations say ignorant. Basically, Paul's saying, I want you to understand how these work. So, so how do we unlock the spiritual gifts that God's given us? And I'm talking predominantly from the list that Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, just read these real quick. Uh, one is given the, the uh, word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, uh, faith, supernatural faith, gifts of healing, uh, the working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, various kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So these nine gifts, how do we unlock these in our lives? Well, first of all, as we've just kind of been talking about, we've got to believe that God still gives these gifts to His people. Now, reality is we tend to run uh, away from those things we don't understand. That's why tongues has become so controversial. And I would argue that that's one of the reasons the enemy has attacked it so attacked it so, attacked it so much is not uh, because it's been misused. And, and to be sure, all the gifts have been misused at some point. Anytime people get involved in anything, there's going to be misuse. That's just the nature of being human and, and learning how to operate in the spirit versus the flesh. But just because it's been misused doesn't mean we, we, we throw it out. We, we bring correction. We learn the right way to use it. But the very fact that the gift of tongues has been attacked so much and, and really become such a point of controversy, I would argue that that really kind of gives us an idea of how important it must be if we do believe that it's for today. So, so we've got to believe that, that these gifts are for His people and, and, you know, really seeking to understand what spiritual gifts are and how we can use them. As Paul just said here in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to understand how they operate. So that's the first thing is we've got to really believe. And if this is something new for you, my encouragement is get into the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, read through it prayerfully. As you see the Holy Spirit moving in the life of His church, His early church, Acts is the, the first 30 years of the church, ask yourself, God, how can I uh, use these same gifts? When you read Paul's letter, uh, especially in uh, 1 Corinthians, where he talks about spiritual gifts quite a bit, a little bit in Romans and also in Ephesians 4, um, prayerfully read through this and say, God, is this still for today? And, 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 you know, I would, I would say maybe even read some other books, read some podcasts, but be very careful of someone who tells you that certain passages of Scripture aren't for today. Um, that's a very dangerous, a very slippery slope of theology, which many have, have, have gotten onto and slid right down the other side of the mountain. But um, I would just say, let's get into the Scripture. Let's prayerfully ask God to teach us and come to a, a, a revelation and a realization that, yes, God's still wants to work in the same way today that he's worked throughout history. Well, don't go away. I'll be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading Learning is, is brought to you by actually two resource highlights I wanted to give you today. The first is, like I said, The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts by Sam Storms. Dynamite book, 
it's just like it says, it's for beginners. For someone who maybe came up in a background where, where spiritual gifts were not something that was a part of your normal, and he really just breaks it down and makes it simple. Now, here's a man who grew up uh, in, in, in a tradition where they did not believe in the spiritual gifts. He, he actually was a cessationist. He, he, he talks about that in the book a little bit and kind of how he came to a realization that he was wrong. He preached, he taught, he was a pastor, or still is a pastor. He also has taught in uh, Christian universities. He's taught theology, and he has completely shift, shifted his position, which is, 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 is a really big thing to do for somebody to be able to say, no, no, I was wrong. Let me start going the Bible way. So a fascinating book. Uh, the Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. I read a quote earlier. Um, he really does just make each gift, breaks it down, talks about it, how to use them, how to how to develop them in your own lives. I think it'll really help you. And then the second resource highlight, we're talking about the Acts of the Apostles. So by all means, check out my book, Peter and Paul and Acts. This is um, really a fantastic handbook that goes along with the Acts of the Apostles. We talked about how the Holy Spirit operated through the apostles in the early church, and um, really how the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, helped to found and, and develop the, the early church um, in, in those early days. So um, check it out. I think this is one of those books that really everybody should have on their, their, their books bookshelf because the Acts of the Apostles is such an important and pivotal book. It comes right after the four Gospels. And it, and it bridges the gap, and it gives us the history of the early church, but it's not a dry history. It's giving us stories and, and actual accounts of, of how people, um, the apostles and others, took the message of the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. And they were doing it not in their own power and strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. So it bridges that, that, that uh, gap between the gospels and then Paul's letters and, and then the general letters, and, and really shows us how the early church developed. So check out Peter and Paul and Acts. I know you will love it. Okay, so how do we unlock these gifts? Well, as we said first, is you have to, to, to believe that God still wants to give them to you. Um, you know, without faith, it says in Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who diligently seek him. Now, this is important because I've had people tell me before that, well, if God wants me to have a gift, he'll just give it to me. Well, that's interesting, and it sounds spiritual, but listen to what Paul says. This is, I'm going to read a few verses from 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, starting in verse 1, he says this, Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, did you catch that? He's not saying, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. No, no. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, for their encouragement, and their consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue uh, builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now listen to this. This is 1 Corinthians 14, 5. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. 
Wow, I want you all to speak in tongues, Paul said. That, that just messes so much with our theology. And, um, you know, if you grew up in a tradition, as, as I did, where spiritual gifts were, were, were not something that were, were accepted and practiced, um, this, this, you read this verse and you go, wow, is that even in the Bible? But it is. Paul says, I, wish, I want you all to speak in tongues. That's, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? So number two, what do we need to do? Um, if we want to unlock the spiritual gifts that God has placed inside of us. Well, we need to begin to step out in faith to use the gifts. If somebody says, you know, I would love to learn how to prophesy. Wow, I thought prophecy was just for the Old Testament. No, no, we're reading about it here in the New Testament, New Testament prophecy. And it doesn't supersede Scripture, but what we just heard Paul say here is prophecy. New Testament prophecy is given for building somebody up for their edification, for their encouragement, and for their comfort or their consolation. That's what it's given for. Um, if you hear somebody giving a, a judgmental prophecy, it might not be from God. It probably isn't um, in, in, in the New Testament stream that we're talking about. So, so we need to begin to step out and you say, you know, I'd love to learn how to prophesy. Well, first of all, you've got to learn to be an encourager. Again, edification exhortation, and consolation. So if you want to um, learn how to speak words of comfort, learn how to speak words of encouragement, and learn how to speak words that build people up, you're on your way to learning how to prophesy. And so one of the ways that we found in, in, in our local context, in our local church, is within uh, the, the the context of, of church, which is a safe place, and especially in small groups, praying for people is really a great place to start in developing a spiritual gift. If you say, I'd like to learn how to develop the gift of healing. I want to pray for people and see them get healed. Well, you got to be willing to pray for people. Somebody asked me one time, uh, and this was fairly recently, they said, why doesn't God heal people today like he did in the New Testament? And I asked him, I said, well, when's the last time you laid hands on somebody and prayed for them? And it was like I'd slapped them in the face because the reality was, and they admitted, they said, well, you know, I really don't do that. It's kind of embarrassing or I'm shy or I don't feel comfortable doing that. Well, if we're going to ask the question, why doesn't God do this? I'm going to turn it right back and say, well, when's the last time you asked God to do this? Because what I find is, when I pray for people, sometimes they get healed. They don't get healed all the time. But sometimes God heals people. But I find that if I don't pray for people, they're probably not going to get healed. Now, God can do it sovereignly, but He chooses to use people. He chooses to use His, his vessel. So, so, so that's the question, is, is if you want to see God do something, are you willing to step out? You say, I want to see this gift of healing developed in my life. Well, are you willing to pray for people? Are you willing to lay your hands on people and say, God, I ask for your healing power right now to flow into this person's body? You want to develop that gift of prophecy. Learn how to start speaking words of encouragement and edification and comfort, and then begin to see what the Holy Spirit does. So it usually starts with praying for people, but then another really, really great way to, to, to begin to develop these gifts is 
in your, 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 your daily life, as you take the opportunity to share the gospel with people, how can you use the gifts of the Holy Spirit? You know, a great example in Scripture that we see is Jesus with the woman at the well. And we know the story, if you know the Bible. Um, Jesus sat down, he's talking to a woman, she's kind of playing word games with him, he's, he's asking for water, and she's kind of, you know, just not taking him seriously. And then he asked her a question. He didn't say, thus saith the Lord. He just asked her a simple question. He said, why don't you, you know, go get your husband. I'd like to meet him. And she says, well, I'm not married. And then Jesus said, yeah, that's right. You've had five husbands, and the guy you're with now, y'all aren't even married. Now, it's too easy, and it's not fair for us to say, well, that's because Jesus was God. He knew that. Remember, Jesus came to show us how to live, live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I would, I would argue that that is an example uh, of a word of knowledge. Jesus had supernatural insight into this woman's life, and he was able to share it. And at that moment, she said, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. At that moment, she quit teasing. She quit kind of blowing him off. At that moment, she said, Okay, yeah, there's something else going on here. Um, several years ago, I was in South America at one of our churches in Brazil, and I was actually talking about you know living in the realm of the Spirit and operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I actually challenged the entire church. I said, we all have people in our lives who need Jesus, and hopefully part of your Christian agenda, uh, you know, the, the Great Commission is not optional, but part of our Christian agenda is to, to share the gospel in some way with those around us. And so I encourage people. I said, listen, if there's somebody in your life that you really want to help find Jesus, I said, ask God to give you a word of knowledge or a prophetic word. Give you something, some kind of insight that you can use to, to see if God can use it as a key to unlock their heart. Well, I, I'm sure a lot of people took it seriously and did it, but I had one person come back to me, a young lady named um, uh, Fernanda, and she said, um, she said, you know, I, I, I was praying. This was months later when she shared the story with me. She said, I was praying for, for a girl that I work with named Maria. She said, I, I don't think she's a Christian. She said, you know, we're friends, but we always had kind of superficial conversations, and I'd never had a chance to share my faith with her, and I really felt like I was supposed to. So she said, for two weeks, I prayed and asked for a, um, a, a word or something that I could use to share my faith with her. And one morning as we were, as I was brushing my teeth, getting ready to go to work, I'd been praying for, for Maria for two weeks now, and she said, as I was brushing my teeth to, go, to get ready to go to work, a little thought popped into my head and said, ask Maria about her husband. And Fernanda said, oh, this is awesome. You know, I, I really feel like God is speaking to me. So that day they had lunch together in their break room at, at the small company she worked for. They're sitting there sharing their lunch. And, and, and Fernanda looked at her friend and said, and this is so good because she didn't do it in a weird way. She just said, Maria, you've never told me about your family. Tell me about your husband. And as soon as she said those words, Maria burst into tears and laid her head on the table and started weeping. Well, now Fernanda feels bad because she said the wrong thing. And she's like, well, God, did you really tell me to say that? And of course, she's, she feels terrible because Maria's weeping and sobbing. And after a couple of minutes, Maria got herself under control and Fernanda's apologizing profusely. I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to upset you. And Maria looked her in the eye and she said, you didn't know. You had no way of knowing. 
I just found out my husband's having an affair, and he told me he wants a divorce. Well, Fernanda said, you know, Maria, I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you? And Maria said, yeah, absolutely. And so Fernanda laid her hand on her shoulder and prayed for her. Fernanda told me later, she said, it was like the Holy Spirit came and just filled this room with the cloud. And everything calmed down. The storm inside Maria calmed. She was totally at peace. There was this, this sense of God's presence in this room. And Maria's not a Christian. But when, when, when Fernanda said amen to the prayer, Maria looked up at her and she says, I've never felt anything like that before. So it gave Fernanda the opportunity to share Jesus' love with her friend, to, to encourage her. Maria started coming to church with her. I don't know how the story ended, but I know this, that because a young woman was obedient and was willing to share something supernaturally, how would she know to ask about her husband? The Holy Spirit dropped that into her heart. She used that word of knowledge, and it opened up this young woman to, to, to receive a touch from God. So, so we, we, we got to step out in faith, and that usually starts with praying for someone or sharing the gospel with them. And then the third thing we can do to unlock spiritual gifts is we practice, we practice, we practice. Small groups are a great opportunity um, you know, taking these opportunities in small groups. I've actually had people in, in small groups that I've led say, hey, listen, I want to I wanna get comfortable praying for people. Well, that's a good thing if you're a Christian. You should get comfortable praying for people. But as you do that, it gives you the opportunity to listen to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes He'll give you something, sometimes He doesn't. There's so many times I pray for people and I've got absolutely nothing. But then there's other times that I'm praying for people and the Holy Spirit, something will pop into my mind, and I'll step out in faith, and I'll share it, and you'll see God do something. And so whether it's prophecy or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or it's healing or miracles, whatever it is, look for opportunities to practice. If you want to develop the gift of healing, pray for every sick person you come across. Pray for people. Take the opportunity to pray for them. You say, well, that's hard, that's embarrassing, I'm shy. Well, then you got to get over it or live in disobedience. I mean, if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, if we're going to be the vessels that He wants us to be, if we're going to be the witnesses that He wants us to be, we've got to be willing to step out of our comfort zone and, and, and really develop these gifts so that we can be the witnesses that He wants us to be. Because I think sometimes it's, a, it's an easy excuse to say, well, these gifts don't exist anymore, when in reality we're just scared. I get it. Practice, practice, practice. These gifts are developed as we practice them. So just a quick recap on the three things we've shared, then i got a couple more things, is, is this. First of all, we've got to believe that God still moves through His Holy Spirit, um, that He still speaks in different ways to His people, and He uses these spiritual gifts to have an impact in people's lives. Um, to develop them and unlock them, we, we've got to step out in faith. That comes through praying for people and sharing the gospel. Um, number three is practice, 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 especially in a small group. So, so as, we, as we practice these things and develop them, um, we're going to see the Holy Spirit begin to move. What I found is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like tools in the tool belt of a master carpenter. Um, if you ever watch somebody build a house or, 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 or do a renovation, 
They know which tool they need to use for which part of the project. Sometimes you need a hammer, sometimes you need a drill, sometimes you need a screwdriver, sometimes you need a tape measure, sometimes you need a saw, but the hammer's not going to be able to do everything. The saw is not going to be able to do everything. We need different tools for different parts of the project. And so God wants to give us these tools, and he, the Holy Spirit's given us access, but just like a master carpenter didn't become a master carpenter overnight, we have to learn how to develop these gifts. And that's why I think sometimes people get frustrated as they think it's supposed to just come automatically. Um, the gift of tongues is developed over time. Most people, when they first get a prayer language and start praying in tongues, it's usually maybe just a few words, but over time, as they exercise it, it becomes more. Um, the, the, the gift of prophecy and the words of wisdom and words of knowledge and all these other great things, um, they don't just happen. They come as we develop them, as we pray, as we say, God, I want to I work on this. I want it to, to become something that I can use to help people around me. Remember what Paul said, pursue love, but earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Each of these roles, each of these gifts has a specific role, just like the, the tools in the belt of a carpenter. And so for us, it's learning how to use these gifts so that we can help those around us find the life that God has for them, just like he's done for us, just like he's done for us. We want to be effective witnesses for the kingdom. Well, I'll stop there. I'd love to hear from you. This is one of those subjects that I know can be controversial. I, I, I thought about not even you know getting into this because I know some people are immediately going to go on the defensive when we start talking about the spiritual gifts. But I'm not here to argue with anybody. You know, this is this is what I found works. This is what I found is real. If somebody doesn't, that's that's between them and God. Um, I'm not even trying to convince anybody that doesn't you know believe that. That that's 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 on them. But for those that are seeking, for those that are hungry, for those who want to be the effective witnesses that God wants them to be, how much more effective can we be if we're using the right tools on our tool belt? Well, I'd love to hear from you. What's your experience been? Uh, leave me a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post so that we can keep the conversation going. Make sure you check out my resource highlights. The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts, as well as my book, Peter and Paul and Acts. And we will see you next week on Leading and Learning. <laughs>